Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, our strange news segment at the top of the week. So, hoping everybody had an excellent weekend and survived to face yet another Monday. We have some strange stories for you. These run the gamut. So we thought maybe the best way to ease into today's exploration was to start with something, uh, a new development about something close uh, to all of our hearts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So it turns out that Fox Television was developing a a spinoff of the beloved X-Files, which is something that I think is near and dear to many of you folks out there in in podcast lands. Hearts. It was such a formative show um, in terms of kind of conspiratorial um, plots and uh, it, like it really took things like the Twilight Zone and things that were already kind of in that supernatural realm and kind of combined it with like a procedural like detective type story and just, you know, really there wasn't anything else quite like it. Uh, you know, absolutely iconic. Even the movies are pretty good. Um, it never really lost its luster in my actually, I don't know, I, I kind of fell off near the end. I really love the monster of the week uh, type episodes best. But um, here's the, the, uh, the twist, everyone. This new X-Files uh, series, this is a spinoff, it's going to be called the X-Files, you know, tentatively titled The X-Files Albuquerque. Uh, and it comes from comedy writers. I don't know if anyone's watched the Netflix comedy series Paradise PD uh, and a show on Comedy Central called Brickleberry, which I think is about like a bear a foul-mouthed cartoon bear of some kind. Um, but they are helming this new X-Files Albuquerque series, and it's animated. What? Yeah, man. Hot animated take, guys. X-Files. What's your, when I say this, animated X-Files, what is your immediate reaction? Well, the first thing I'm thinking about is the first X-Files spinoff. The one, the true X-Files spinoff, the one that surpassed 
in my opinion, the X-Files altogether. Oh, here we the go. Lo- it's one the of lone, two. <laughs> the Lone Gunman. Are you serious? Oh, God, I loved that show. You're being sarcastic. No, I'm not being sarcastic. You really did like gunman. that show? I, I, I thought people hated it. <clears throat> what no. are you talking about? No. Uh, Millennium, was, <laughs> Millennium was also a spinoff. Uh, mm-hmm. Technically, they exist in the same universe. Uh, the You know, to be honest, the animation approach does not surprise me. Uh, we've seen more things going into animation. I would be interested to know whether this was planned to be animation pre-pandemic mm-hmm. uh, or whether it changed like so many other properties. But uh, from what I understand, uh, it's got its DNA, at least in the production side, squarely rooted in the world of animation, right? Like, uh, is Paradise PD animated? Yeah, both of these shows are yeah. animated, so that's very true. But, I mean, it's it's it seems like very very early development. Uh, Bento Box is the animation studio that's going to be handling the actual, you know, production. Um, they don't have any scripts yet or any commitments uh, from the actual creators in terms of, like, where the story's going to go. But I do wonder if it was, like, pitched that way or if it was something like they were going to do an X-Files spinoff and then COVID hit, and they're like, well, we better pivot to something that's more manageable that we can at least plan for. It's something that the internet's kind of already a buzz about a little bit. There was an article on, uh, oh, some kind of pop culture nerd type site. I can't remember the name now, but comparing it just conceptually, you know, you know how the internet loves to prejudge things before it even exists. Uh, but like to the real Ghostbusters, I don't know if you guys remember the Ghostbusters cartoon from the eighties, I guess. Right. I remember the action figures and all that. And it was called the real Ghostbusters because there was another cartoon series called Ghostbusters that was real bad. And I was always confused by it because I was like, wait, what is this? Why does this exist? And it had nothing to do with the Ivan Reitman property or the film and any of it. So they had to call it the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, that that's happened before when we have these closely competing properties, like not just with Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters, which I appreciate your point. I also had the toys at one time. Uh, it, it reminds me a bit of the Adams Family versus the Munsters. You know what I mean? Someone identified a concept and then before it got locked down, someone else said, we'll do something different enough. With with animation, though, with X-Files, uh, you know, I I wonder whether the voices of Fox and Scully will return or whether this is like if you want to have a reboot of something and you can't get the original actors, then maybe you make a case that it needs to be different enough visually that the audience will uh, it'll find a new audience that isn't married to the current protagonist. You know what I mean? It's probably for kids more, too, right? Uh, you know, there's so many of these mature cartoons now. I wonder if they'll make it PG-13, you know, because the idea behind this is like it's like the X-Files B team. It's like all the stories or I'm sorry, the cases that are too stupid or like bizarre, but not in like a cool, like, you know, mystery way, more in like a wacky slapsticky kind of way. It sounds like uh, for Mulder and Scully to deal with. And I think they're going to make appearances, but um it does seem like it's going to be sort of a spoof almost. So it's it's hard for me to even commit to calling it a spinoff. It, it almost seems like nostalgia bait kind of reworking, like a reimagining almost. I don't know. It, 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 I have mixed feelings about it. You guys, years down the road, we're going to be like, do you remember when X-Files used to be a regular TV show? Oh, this new one is just so great. I kind of don't even remember who Mulder and Scully are. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt, about how quickly things become normal. And really, the story of history is always up to the winners who write the history, right? And the the future historians. So it may be that maybe the fandom divides and there are some people who only love the original run of X-Files for insert, maybe even only a piece of the original run, like only seasons one through four. And they'll be kind of like the people who only like the first Star Trek iteration. And then there will be the people who only, for some reason, like that original six-episode reboot. Was it six episodes? I think it was. Of what? Next Generation? 
No, no. the original X Files reboot. They came oh, out. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, yes, of course. Next uh, generation is many, many more than six episodes. Yes, <laughs> many, many more. Uh, so we don't we don't know who's going to win, but it makes me think. Um, I don't know. I guess it's time for us to give a shout out to some of our favorite X Files episodes, maybe. Like, Absolutely. You, Before we do yeah. that, just really quickly, I just want to, this is something that will like make you super popular at parties, uh, folks out there. The, when we're talking about the Ghostbusters cartoon versus the real Ghostbusters cartoon, uh, it actually, the Ghostbusters cartoon from Filmation, who you know from doing He-Man and She-Ra cartoons and all that stuff, uh, they, owned the name before the movie, before the Ivan Reitman movie. The Ivan Reitman movie had to buy the rights to use that from Filmation. And then Filmation capitalized on the success of the Ghostbusters movie, which came out in 1983, by putting out a sequel to its live action, the Ghostbusters movie from 1975. Uh, So Ghostbusters, the cartoon was kind of like a thing they already owned that they had sold the rights to use the name to Columbia Pictures and then made a cartoon version of their live action Ghostbusters movie from 1975 where they have like a gorilla like the, it's like these like it's very slapstick Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker and then a guy, they have a guy in a monkey suit wearing a beanie with like a little propeller on it so that's mm. all I got but isn't that I, I didn't even realize that until very recently no, I've never heard that story. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm a little lost uh, in the in some of the business stuff, but I think I understand. <laughs> I think they licensed the name. Like they, I don't know exactly because they obviously were still able to go back and make their version. Um, it's in, I don't know. I'd I'd, be, I'd want to do a little more digging on that, but yeah, uh, I, I I would love to hear what y'all's favorite X Files episodes are. I certainly already have mine in my mind. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. My favorite episode of the X Files. Um, it's the one where. Uh, Byers, one of one of the characters, Byers, he has to fake his own death, and he's doing this because he's trying to uncover this conspiracy about an airline hijacking. It's it's pretty crazy. So, um, the this airliner ends up getting hijacked via its its like automatic control system, um, the autopilot system, and it's crazy. In the end, several of the guys from the team end up getting on the plane and they're trying to stop it. The crazy thing about it is that this plane that was being auto remote controlled was on a collision course with the World Trade Center. And this episode came out in 2001, in March of 2001. And it was an episode of The Lone Gunman. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You're a troll, dude. I can't fantastic. tell if you're serious or not. I really, so you, well done. you really like the Lone Gunman better than the X Files, Matt. Come clean. Look, I I'm being a, I'm not being fully honest. The X Files, <laughs> the X Files was my great love yes. as as a young one. But the Lone Gunman, let's say I've I've become to appreciate it much more in Ooh. my later years, especially as us. Uh, the three Caucasian men speaking to you now, either via Mostly video Caucasian. or audio. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, the three of us talking, uh, I think, maybe represent the lone gunman in some weird way, uh, just a different version. So I think I I have grown to like it more. Oh, yeah. Thanks to you, uh, Aaron Cooper, for the uh, awesome poster, which I still have a copy of here uh, in this strange room I'm turning into a lair. Uh, yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you there, Matt. Uh, I personally don't, in principle, I, I have a really difficult time choosing a single favorite. I'm never a fan of those lists where it's some arbitrary, like, these are the best two to 17 of these things, and they're clearly my opinion as the author. But I, I also, to your point, Noel, I enjoy the Monster of the Week episodes, the supernatural stuff, of course, when they're when they're dealing with otherworldly entities. I don't if if you are listening to stuff they don't want you to know and you have somehow not seen uh, the X Files. I wish I could erase my memory and watch it with you because what a wild ride, especially mm-hmm. when you don't have to wait a week between episodes. Binge oh, yeah. it, you know, can't cancel all your appointments, make your weekend a week long and just watch X-Files and tell me what you think about that really Southern Gothic, not even supernatural, that Southern Gothic uh, 
incest story. God, that was that was the one that they pulled, right? Where yeah. it's like almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type vibe with like a house with like a real creepy family and like someone that lives under a bed and is like born with no legs or something. I don't remember. It's really twisted. It's by far the most disturbing episode of the entire series. It's called Home, I believe is what it's called, right? Uh, yeah, I think it might be Home. Uh, and I, I think that character started with legs. Uh, once upon a time. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so that's but your favorite? No, no. Okay. I said okay. that's that's an exceptional one. Now you can it watch is. it uh, via the internet without having to worry about top-down censorship. Uh, but since I can't pick a favorite and I don't have a favorite because I, I like so many of them, uh, Noel, I would pass it to you because it sounds like you have one you want to talk about. There are actually two that really stand out in my memory, and I had to Google what one of them was called, but it's called DPO, and it stars Giovanni Ribisi, uh, the first time I think I'd ever seen him in anything. And he plays this kind of outcasty weirdo who likes playing video games and has magical lightning powers. Um, and I, I, I really need to rewatch it. I'd be interested to see if it holds up. I, I have watched a, a decent amount of them in, in the last handful of years. And I do think oh, by and large, they do hold up. I mean, it definitely has got that square aspect ratio and it's got some hallmarks of kind of nineties, uh, which by, by virtue of, uh, the closeness to the eighties feels kind of eighties at times. Uh, it's weird. Um, it's that, you know, with the hair kind of big hair sometimes and all of that. And, uh, some of the dialogues a little corny, but man, it really hits. Um, and that, that's one of my favorites, I think, cause he's sort of this, this classic outcast character, who you almost want to root for, but then he like, you know, goes way too ham and becomes kind of like stalkery and, you know, realize how psychotic he really is. But he just wants to be loved, you guys. He just wants to be loved. Um, and then I also really enjoyed the, there was one with a creepy, a creepy doll that, that like murders people with its like creepy doll powers. And I don't remember the name of that one. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I'm just going to type in X-Files creepy doll. And that one is called Chinga. Vacationing Scully meets a girl who makes people injure themselves. Written mm. by Stephen King and Chris Carter. It's very Stephen Kingy. Now that I think about it, yeah, Chinga. Wow. You know, I just thought of another episode. You guys, um, this one actually was written by Vince Gilligan, who you mm-hmm. may remember. Vince Gilligan. You know that other show, Breaking Bad. He did that one, and. Uh, this one is really, really cool. It's called Usual Suspects. <laughs> I can't even go through it. It features the lone gunman. <laughs> but it is an episode of the X-Files, correct, <laughs> it Matt? Is. It is. Okay. But okay. it's really great. Okay, good. I like the characters. They're great. I like them. Which, who, who, I think I'm the short, the short stubby guy. Uh, Matt, you're the long-haired weirdo, and Ben... You're the other guy. I, I, what, what does the other guy look like? I, I, I'm thinking of the poster that uh, that Aaron Cooper made. Yeah, that's the um, Agent Byers that Matt was referring yeah. to a couple that's of different right. times earlier in this yeah. episode. He's the good-looking one. So you get to be the good-looking one. <laughs> uh, also, just so you know, in that episode, it features Detective John Munch, mm-hmm. which you may, may remember from the Munchverse. Yeah, which I think Chuck discussed with us, right? When he was on, he was on the show too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. You know, this isn't this isn't uh, necessarily strange news because the to me maybe this is cynical. The money makes it inevitable that there will be a reboot or mm-hmm. some extenu- extension of the X Files universe because otherwise, what are they going to do? Just sell DVDs? You know? Yeah, I don't think so. Where is it streaming, by the way? Where do you stream the X-Files? Is this on Hulu? I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. So hard to keep track. Let me type where to stream the X-Files. Ladies and gentlemen, on Ideaflix. Nope, it's Hulu. <laughs> on Mubi. <laughs> uh, exclusively on Quibi. There you go. Um, real, real quick, we'll wrap this up and move on to the next uh, article. But uh, for it or again it, uh, X-Files animated series. Oh, the old uh, car stuff question. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for creative endeavors. Uh, I am for the exploration of the mind and the world around us through fiction. It's done great for the species so far, which is a very abstract way of saying yes. Even if I don't watch it, I think it's good that it exists in the world. Okay. 
Matthew? Uh, spoilers ahead. As long as Byers, Frohickey, and the other one show up as ghosts <laughs> in this new one. thing, then we're okay. <laughs> I think that's maybe on the table. This sounds like there's going to be some madcap, uh, you know, supernatural hijinks. So I'm for it, man. I'm not going to poo-poo it before it even exists. It's interesting at the very least. Um, and let's just see what happens. I, I guess the thing is like, it's one of those things that has, it has such a, uh, a special place in so many of our hearts that you feel protective of it. And you're like, ah, oh, no, don't ruin it by making a stupid cartoon out of it. But who are we to say, you know, maybe the kids will love it and then it'll introduce a whole new generation to the X-Files. And it'll cool. get, it'll get more people thinking maybe the way you do, the way we do. Maybe there's something to all this stuff on the fringes, right? That's what this show's all about. I, so. I would say uh, one interesting part about that when we talk about intergenerational fiction is that people tend to have nostalgia for and romanticize the things they saw that they love, right? And they say, oh, the old thing was better. Oh, the first thing was better. But often psychologically what's happening if you're being that person is that you are pining for how you felt at the time that you originally watched the thing. So you're not necessarily in love with the writing or the special effects, whatever they may have been. Uh, you are psychologically speaking, going to be associated, you're going to be thinking of the time in your life that you've already remembered multiple times. So so we have to be really careful when we when we find ourselves being the person saying, oh, the old stuff was better, the original stuff. No, we're just we liked ourselves better then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah some, whatever. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not even good at all <laughs> uh, if you actually revisit it. Um, wasn't Fringe technically a, uh, an X-Files spinoff as well? Mm-mm. I don't believe so. I, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Or is it at least it might be in references. the same Munchverse, but I don't. Yeah, maybe it's in the Munchverse. I don't think it's an X-Files spinoff. Uh, well, I mean, there's it, there's a lot of references. It, you know, J.J. Abrams did. I'm just looking it up right now, and it just says, Fringe, every X-Files reference explained. So it's inspired by the X-Files and is referenced to the series in several episodes, implying that they've decided maybe retroactively to share the same. I mean, what, what, what makes a spinoff? Does it have to come from the same team to be like an official spinoff? I don't know. It's a good question. So I, uh, that, that's uh, what do you guys think? Is Fringe an X-Files spinoff? Let us know. That's all I got. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we've returned. A brief disclaimer before we dive into this story. It contains descriptions of abuse toward children and therefore may not be suitable for all listening audiences. With all the stuff going on in the news today, catastrophic weather, uh, domestic and foreign unrest, We can't be blamed for having a hard time keeping track of every single piece of news out there in the world. So, you may, like some people, have missed the recent report that nearly 40 missing children were rescued during a child trafficking bust here in our very own state of Georgia. These children were found as a result of something called Operation Not Forgotten. It was multi-county. It spanned across more than 20 counties throughout the metro Atlanta area. And 26 endangered children were recovered. Another 13 missing children were found. The authorities believe that these children were potential victims for a sex trafficking ring or that some of them had already been abused. They seem to come from high-risk childhoods, you know, little stability in the family structure, maybe abuse by the parents or substance abuse by the parents. And as this story developed, the governor talked about it, you know, last Thursday evening. Uh, As this story developed, the arrests were still coming in. And as we came to air today, I was still keeping track of some of the arrests because an operation of this size requires the activity of multiple co-conspirators. And any child trafficking ring is a conspiracy. This is the kind of stuff that people um, people who are reposting QAnon memes should be paying attention to. If you want to make a difference in the ongoing injustice and abuse of uh, vulnerable children then I would say, look at things like, look at these trafficking rings that get busted all the time. Look at Epstein. Look at the Catholic Church, right? And and donate to organizations fighting then. As a matter of fact, uh, this Saturday, just as we were prepping to record this, four more people were arrested in Florida in relation to this trafficking ring. So we don't know if the nine people arrested for this trafficking ring were the totality of management. There may be more people out there. And, and more terrifyingly, there may be more children out there as part of this ring because these people were arrested in Florida. This was multi-county. Atlanta has been a hub of human trafficking for a long time due to our, you know, we're, we're at the intersection of interstates. We have one of the world's busiest airports, or at least we did pre-pandemic. So I feel like this is a series of beginning dominoes falling. I, I I don't know. You guys have you guys have heard of this story, right? We talked a little bit about it off air, I think. Yeah, it's just really, really disturbing. Um I've been looking at a lot of stuff from WSB TV. You can uh, that's channel two here in where we live in Atlanta. And if you click through, you know, the stories when one's posted, you can kind of go you can go through and read a lot more personal stuff about this. And I was just reading one actually earlier today about uh, um, there was a girl that was found. She was, I think this is the 17 year old 17 year old that was found and it appears, or they believe that she's been trafficked for sexual purposes since she was 12. Um, and when they, when the police arrived at this home where she was kept in a garage in Rockdale County, or in Rockdale, Georgia, um, 
she didn't believe that anyone could possibly be there to save her. It was her, she thought that somebody was just getting, there was a warrant being served in the house or something, and that was it. And, you know, uh, my understanding is that she was afraid to say anything, right? I mean, she was just going to mind her place. She was going to stay there in the garage and allow it to happen because she was fearful for her life, I'm assuming. That's me placing myself in her shoes, which I shouldn't do, but I'm, that's what my understanding is. Um, the amazing thing is that, Ben, this this whole task force, everyone involved in this that you're talking about, it was specifically to, to rescue children. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. And um, she just couldn't believe that someone would do that. But the, the officers were able to to let her know, and then they, they rescued her from that. And they did that for so many other kids. Um, do you want to talk about the, the people that were rounded up in this and, like, name them <laughs> sure. or something? Sure. Let's talk about the adults. I, I do want to, to give a bigger picture of this. Uh, the 17-year-old was the oldest of the children. The youngest was three years old. Which should give you uh, an idea of just how widespread this uh, operation was across demographics. Uh, Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing in this country. That adds up to uh, what the FBI estimates to be 765,000 children missing per year. So it's not surprising that if they have credible leads, they would form specific task force to to find these victims. The people that we're talking about, we'll name their names. We need to be very careful to say that this being the U.S., they are not guilty until they are proven guilty in a court. Another thing, the people who have been arrested, many of them already had related convictions, by which we mean people like Moradeo, Amos, Bandel, who was arrested in Florida, he was he already had a warrant out uh, for uh, sexual assault in Conyers, Georgia. Yeah. I mean, and in DeKalb County, where I live, there was a person named Trayon Moore who was wanted for sex trafficking and probation violation. He already had warrants out for him on that. Mm-hmm. And then you have James Garcia, who's arrested at a, a motel in Clearwater, Florida, um, with warrants on him out of Whitfield County, Georgia, for aggravated child molestation, aggravated sodomy, and incest with a minor. Yeah. And that was that was one of the people you mentioned, Ben, that uh, were more recently arrested in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So three of these folks were arrested in Clearwater, Florida. James Garcia was at a motel with Faye Smith and Sally Garcia. Faye Smith had a warrant for probation violation, and Sally Garcia had uh, had been convicted of interference with child custody. Yeah, and there's more. Um, down in Columbus, Georgia, there's a person named Zachary Bailey. He, uh, you know, previously had issues with human trafficking, enticing of a minor for indecent purposes, enticement of a minor for solicitation, just uh, awful, egregious stuff. And then we have uh, Stanson Causey, arrested in Jasper, Georgia, um, a registered sex offender, and also arrested for probation violation. And to round out the current arrestees, the last two are Kirk Waters, arrested in Newton County, felon in possession of a firearm. Trevante Sharif, also arrested in Newton County, interference with custody and obstruction. So these people, as far as we can tell, have have a history with the law, you know, and the troubling thing about this is this bust is not the biggest of its size. Even in Georgia, two years ago, a sex trafficking sting operation in Metro Atlanta rescued almost 160 children. And of course, along with those came the news conferences, the vows to clean up the streets, to never let this sort of thing happen again. And here we are, two years later, and it has happened again. I mean, I just, it's this, this level of opportunism and predatory uh, behavior is just beyond anything I, I could possibly wrap my head around. You know, I mean, can, I can't think of anything more mm. egregious than preying on children and, and using them as a commodity in this way. Part of the reason this tends to happen in Atlanta is because Atlanta is also 
In addition to being a travel hub, Atlanta is also a convention hub, right? So there are a lot of people who are effectively living a transient existence. I don't mean just, you know, people riding the rails or something. I mean, people who are from somewhere else, they're here for a week and then they're gone the next week. We know that the U.S. has a tremendous problem with trafficking uh, in general. Uh, just to contextualize this, Matt, you, you mentioned one of those charges was enticement of a minor, right? The word for that is grooming. Uh, befriending a vulnerable child, making them feel like they will be safe if they do what you say. Yeah, this is unclean. I agree. This, uh, I bring this story up because there are two very important things we need to know. First, this story does appear to have some sort of positive conclusion, which is invaluable. And I believe that the investigators in this task force meant it when they said, you know, they're never going to stop looking for a kid. They're never going to stop looking for these missing children, and I hope it's true. But the second reason I bring it up is because we have to ask ourselves how long until the next one, or how many are occurring now in the U.S. and in Georgia, maybe specifically, that aren't getting uh, the due diligence of investigators, or they aren't getting the headlines of the press and media outfits. this this stuff is happening every day. It may not always be over 100 kids. It may not always be like dozens and dozens of children, but I don't think it makes it any better if it's happening to one kid, you know, or yeah. two kids or three. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It makes me wonder what would happen if this was one of the primary things that our tax dollars were used for for law enforcement officers. Something like this. Very specific task forces that focus on a major problem and they they focus on it so deeply that they are able to, you know, arrest whole, you know, uh, groups of people who are doing some kind of major crime. Um, well, because yeah. I, cause I oh. think what this does is illustrates the importance of law enforcement, right? In a time when, you know, there's a lot of much needed scrutiny being placed on, you know, individual officers and departments, um, this is something that I think, I don't think anybody can argue with, is a majorly positive thing that law enforcement officials in in entire groups of officers can do. No, you're right. But but it's all about that training and the specialized training and and the task force nature of it to, like, fit the training and the personnel with a certain end goal, as opposed to what we're seeing, I think with perhaps the training for regular, you know, officers that are going to domestic disputes or doing traffic stops. They're not trained in a way that fits with the reality of that job at at times, Uh, oftentimes in my, in my opinion. And I think in many people's Mm -hmm. opinions, Um, I I, I would say that we have to, we have to, take pains to illustrate the difference here. The folks who are in charge of Operation Not Forgotten are not rank-and-file police officers. They're members of the U.S. Marshals Service Missing Child Unit. So their training is going to be incredibly different to begin with. Uh, Well, my understanding is as them and then like six or more other agencies, including local FBI. I mean, all all of these various yeah. law enforcement groups that are working GBI together. and local police, too, to your point. I mean, my point is that it's not the local police running this. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, it's well, then the marshals. Yeah. No, that's great. My overall point is that if we did highly train, you know, even local officers in a very specific mm. thing, that they would be amazingly good at. I mean, what I, I imagine that we could accomplish some some wonderful things in in putting people who probably should be in jail, such as the ones that we named in this episode earlier, in some kind of jail, prison. Excuse me. Need to be more specific. Jail is where you are kept when you are awaiting trial. Prison is where you go after you've been given a sentence. Thank you, uh, uh, whoever you are. I'm going to find your name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and a gulag is where you go if the uh, people in power don't care for what you say. Uh-huh. 
Yes, shout out to Dina who wrote us a great email telling us the difference between jails and prisons, which I think I'm the one who's guilty of using them interchangeably. Yes, shout out to you and shout out to everyone who was talking about this case uh, in social media, various other places. One other interesting aspect here is that we had a lot of people who were saying, why isn't the mainstream news reporting this? Why aren't they giving it more coverage? And the fact of the matter is that the mainstream outlets were covering this. It's just so easy to lose these stories in the deluge of headlines that we encounter every single day now. And, of course, this story being somewhat rare in that there is a positive outcome and ending. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with one more piece of strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. Okay, we're going to take a bit of a light turn here, but it's one that we think you're going to find fascinating. Now, you may have heard this whole situation with a pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19. It's had a bit of an effect on the cruise industry. Uh, and by that, I mean cruise ships, the, you know, the giant cities that roll around on the water with casinos on them. Mostly that's, it's really what you're don't forget for. about the shuffleboard, my man, a <laughs> lot of shuffleboard and booze, so mm -hmm. much booze buffets. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately this fun activity for those who have enough money to enjoy it, um, it's had to, there's had to be a pause on it. Right. And Here's the thing, these massive ships, it's not easy to just dock one somewhere on the coast, you know, where, uh, let's say, 
20 other ships would be able to be docked, 100 other ships would be able to be docked. You can't just put them there, right? One of the one of the main things that happens with a cruise ship that is not in service is that it just gets anchored or moored somewhere out in the ocean that's deep enough to make sure it's going to be safe even when there's like a large storm or something on the sea. Well, if you travel to the English Channel, which uh, if you're looking at a map, the UK would be above you, the English Channel is here, and below you, Ben, what would it be? Oh, a geography quiz. Okay, well, the English Channel is the part that looks like you could just maybe swim across it. Some people have. Uh, below the UK, uh, you've got you've got a cavalcade of adventure there. You got France, you got Spain, Portugal. Uh, you've got the entire continent of Africa. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You know a lot about where things are, Ben. <laughs> I think everybody knows those. I think we all know. I, know just I mean, I know. I know about them as individual units. I couldn't tell you where they lay out on a map with that level of precision, Ben. Don't sell yourself short, my friend. Yeah, I, I know things about Ben, and one of them is that he's got a map up up in here in his head. So, so That's very kind. Oh, dude, come on. So if you are in this one specific town, let me pull it up and make sure I know where it is. It's called the Mudford or M-U-D-E-F-O-R-D uh, ferry. And it is in this place called Mudford. Uh, it's in Christchurch, Dorset, UK. And if you are there at, let's say, the docks, or not, it's not the docks, whatever you call the port there, um, you look out, you'll see a bit of Spain, maybe, if you're if you're lucky. Otherwise, you're just going to see lots and lots of water. And way out in the distance, you're going to see a whole bunch of these giant cities that are called cruise ships. Now, they're just out there floating. And they're empty, except for a skeleton crew, maybe, of people who are making sure the... Wait, you mean the, like actual skeletons, dude? On yes. the ghost ships? Yes. Because that'd definitely. be pretty cool. They should really capitalize. At the very least, have them wear skeleton-like <laughs> outfits, you know? Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. No, no there's going to be a small crew of people on each one of those ships just to make sure everything's okay with the ship, or at least at most times. Uh, I, I don't know the inner workings of the big cruise industry or whatever you want to call it, industrial cruise complex. <laughs> but the important thing here is that there's almost nobody on these giant ships, right? So, an enterprising fellow named Paul Durham, who operates this thing called the Moodford Ferry, or Moodford Ferry, I'm going to butcher it, I apologize, Paul, or whoever, anyone else is listening. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do, brother, that's all you can do. <laughs> Moodford. <laughs> well, he decided he's going to start running a two and a half hour long ghost cruise ship ferry trip. I love yeah. the idea of this. So... You hop on a ferry with with Paul and his crew or whoever's running it that day. You take the the boat out and you just kind of ride up alongside these empty cruise ships and just look up at them and just wonder what it might have been like. You fantasize, oh, that water slide looks so much fun. Oh, man, I bet the the she crab soup on this place would have been (laughs) just wonderful tonight. Um, But it, it is this weird I guess an eerie feeling that you get just knowing that they're out there empty. Um, and he's been charging people, you know, he's a pretty good amount of money, UK, by the way. And he's able to actually have a functioning business based off of the current, uh, what what do we call it? Purgatory in which the cruise industry exists. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not forget, like, the cruise industry was one of the first big, like, PR blunders of this whole pandemic, where people were, like, trapped and weren't able to, like, get off the ships and return to their lives. That was one of the first big, oh, shit moments where we were like, this is real bad, because they weren't allowed to leave. And that was a really shocking story. And I I, I wonder how the cruise industry is ever going to even recover from the optics of all that. Uh, I wish that I wish them. Do you think so? Yes. Yeah. Don't don't waste a ton of tears on. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. On I'm the not. cruise operators, the cruise staff, the employees had a yeah. terrible time. The pay is terrible. Uh, they have very little in the way of workers' rights. Uh, to be honest with you, and a lot of them were stranded, just like you're saying. You know, imagine. So you're a passenger, right? And you're stranded. Uh, like the the American couple off the coast of Japan, uh, mm-hmm. or like many many other couples, you are denied entry. 
your vessel is denied entry to a country as the pandemic hits. Uh, it's way worse when you're at a job that you can't leave. Uh, they're also refusing to pay you uh, because they're not changing the agreement based on the pay schedule. It's very unethical stuff. I, I think the cruise industry will recover. And I don't mean to sound callous when I say, you know, don't cry too much for those cruise operators, but do be very concerned about the staff of those places who are often treated like serfs. Uh, that's not the fun surf, S-E-R-F. I, th- I think that they should absolutely have more rights. Uh, and I think that they are probably not first in line to go on this ghost cruise ferry. Oh, right? I wonder what they think about it. I'm sure they, they are not happy about it uh, as, as an industry. And I wonder if there's even, I mean, I guess it's all public waters. You can't like say, no, you can't drive by our moored cruise ship, you know, with your tour. Uh, how can you prevent somebody from making money off that? Really quick, just want to point out too, we, we may have talked about this in the past, but uh, most cruise lines don't pay any federal income tax because of the structure of their uh, corporate entities. They they are often have uh, corporate HQs that are outside of the U.S. And that's also a big reason they didn't get any bailout money. Mm. I wonder if you could find a way to make your corporate HQ of a cruise line just somewhere in the middle of international waters. Right. You know, right. just mm-hmm. like moor one ship at all times and yeah. then that's your HQ. It's just a P.O. <laughs> box, maybe. Just put a P.O. box on the buoy. Get the, get the mail do, to me. Do it, in, do it in Delaware like everybody else does, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but just to get back to this, this you know, the industry is, is massive. As you, as you said, Ben, it's, not, it's certainly not perfect uh, the way it operates. It is... A lot of people, maybe you, uh, just have their vacations, their holidays on a cruise ship because it's either a tradition or something that you just do or it's an Super exciting convenient. It, a lot of people do that. And what Paul Durham here has done is just capitalized on that so much. And also just uh, maybe the human's desire to observe something out of normalcy, uh, which I think is just a fascination a lot of us have. And... It made me think, you guys, I want to ask you this question. Do you think one day, now that all of these offices in cities across the world are closed, when it's hard to imagine, even after pandemic conditions are finished, when businesses will be paying all of this money in rent or leases to have all of their office workers in these giant buildings? I I can't imagine that happening. And what I am imagining is like ghost cities, essentially, where mm. there's hardly any residents, mm. at least office residents in massive buildings and cities. And even a lot of people attempting to escape cities who are, you know, leasing apartments or living in a, a, a large building in a situation that is just uh, very crowded. I don't know. I, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, the, they're all, first off, they're already ghost cities. Uh, especially in the in the interior of China, because they may or may not be real estate scams or state attempts to prop up the economy's uh, year-over-year growth, which is one of the only things uh, keeping a lot of the domestic population in line. But to, I think more directly to your question about commercial property values, it's going to be very difficult for people uh, because if you are a company and you start realizing that you're paying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars per square foot per month to have a thing that people no longer need to use, then it makes sense to have people work from home and cut that cost. There's always going to be a wave, typically generational or catastrophe responsive. Uh, There's always going to be a wave of people who want to return to a simpler time as they envision it, uh, and leave the city. But cities are a human necessity. The majority of the world lives in them. Unless there is a much more deadly pandemic, the majority of the world will continue to do so. There's more economic opportunity. Um, you, It's easier to find the silly hoops you have to jump through for social advancement, like being members of whatever club and whatever city. Uh, and then they're also seats of progress. Human evolution, brief though it is, occurs in cities. Our social evolution, our technological innovations. So I think cities are I think cities are a must-have. What I would wonder is how long it's gonna take 
how long it's going to take for one of those cruise companies to go bankrupt and for a uh, a group of enterprising people, maybe like the same people who created uh, Sealand or whatever that, that micronation is called. I wonder how long it's going to take somebody to go and try to get squatters rights on the cruise ship. I wonder the Ooh. same thing about like the, the phenomenon that is dead malls. Uh, you know, there are these like massive structures that for whatever reason, not COVID related or pandemic related, usually more just the changing of economy and like things being less focused on like huge brick and mortar buildings. Um, they or they get replaced by a newer, shinier mall and then the old ones just end up there's there's a website called deadmalls.com that like I mean, some of these literally look like urban abandoned jungles, you know, with like these empty koi ponds and stuff. And uh, it's very, very creepy and eerie. I could definitely see that phenomenon spreading, you know, to office buildings. And then maybe we have a, a tour of, of abandoned office parks. And you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's very eerie, but uh, I think very much within the realm of reality. Well, there's more to, to dive into there when we think about property prices, rent prices, um, rent controls, all that kind of thing. When you're talking about big cities, when you're talking about even, you know, maybe suburban areas that have giant malls in them, Mm because that that is one of the common areas where you'll find large mall uh, facilities and structures. Um, But just what happens when prices become so low in an area, maybe in, in, in a city, or when they become so high in an area in a city, and what you know, uh, how everything changes, where people migrate to, even within a state or, you know, a county or even a city, uh, suburban area. Um, I don't know. It's all fascinating stuff that I've been thinking about a lot. In this case, I want to get back to just the concept that you're saying haunt, like ghost tours of a mall or ghost tours of a cruise ship from the Royal Caribbean or wherever. Um, I know we're far away from Halloween right now. But I always think about ghost tours, haunted tours like that. Um, at some point, I want to gather together and have like a list of really good ghost tours in cities. Legitimate ones? Tell everybody. Um, yeah, legitimate ones. Like, like self-led. Uh, yes. Not ones where somebody's taking you on a tour and showing you all the things, giving you the bullet points. But like, here's a map, essentially, of mm. these homes and structures that are believed to be haunted. Like, I want to talk about that so we can maybe one day go on a, a little ghost tour. You guys love it. I would love it. I have a list of that for Atlanta. Actually sign me up. I've got, okay. uh, there's a, uh, Oh man, there are a few spots. I, I actually learned about uh, through the graffiti crews I used to run with. Uh, they, cause those were like the spots you could hit and you don't want to tell people about the spots cause you don't want to blow up the spots Everybody was convinced that everybody else was a cop, probably because of all the drugs they did. But they left us with a good list of supposedly haunted places. I got to dig that up. And, well, and hey, we all, if, if yeah. you're listening, like write to us and tell us. I don't care where you live. Uh, tell us what you know. <laughs> I want to yes. hear about the most haunted places near you. And then I also want to point out that there are a lot of small countries in Europe that are also under the United Kingdom that we didn't talk about, like Andorra, uh, just just to, <laughs> just to get in front of that email whenever somebody sends that to us. Uh, we're specifically talking about that area of Christchurch that's where Mo- Moodford Ferry is. Moodford. Uh, yes, and if you're in Moodford, uh, write to us. If you've taken the ferry... Uh, through this ghost tour, tell us about it. Also, if you have ever worked in the strange universe of the cruise ship industry, let us know the stuff they don't want you to know about the cruise industry. Uh, We already, the three of us already sussed out a little bit of it, uh, but who knows, perhaps it would be a, uh, perhaps it would be a full episode in the future that might (laughs) <laughs> might mean we never have a cruise ship as a sponsor. I don't know. What do you think, guys? Worth the risk? I know a lot of, uh, or at least a handful of folks. Um, my mother is a, a singing teacher and a pretty lucrative early gig for singers is to, you know, maybe they don't make it on Broadway, but they get a job 
say on a cruise ship or like being in like a variety show on a cruise ship. And that in and of itself is a grueling situation because they're doing like, you know, four or five shows a day or whatever. And then subject to all the weirdnesses that you're talking about, Ben, about just being in that world. Uh, I might reach out to a few of those and see what the inside scoop is about all that. Yeah. What I'm asking is, do you think it would be worth it to do that episode that's the question I was asking. Do you guys think it would be worth it to do that episode if it meant that we might nix our chances of ever having a cruise company as a sponsor? I think it's worth it. Mm, I don't know, guys. I'm imagining a scenario where the four of the five of us, including Codename Doc Holiday and Mission Control, go mm-hmm. on a cruise ship to, let's say, Scotland, Ireland, other parts of the UK, the super haunted like old places in in that area of the world where we're just cruising around doing this show every day, maybe twice a day, but Mm -hmm. then the rest of the time we're ghost hunting. Yeah, conspiracy cruise. Remember that? We got so close to doing that. <laughs> I would that, do it in a heartbeat. That's that's a true story. And we were we were very happy to do that. But uh yeah, but let us know. Uh like like you said, Noel, like you said, Matt, uh we do know this is a this is a strange world, and it's different from the world uh, upon which a lot of land lovers walk. So, how can you tell us about this? How can you tell us your opinion about the X Files animated spinoff? How can you tell us more about the human trafficking cases that are, unfortunately, unlike our story in Georgia, not reaching the news? We want to hear from you, and we do our best to make it easy to find us. Ironically enough, given the nature of this show, uh, you can find us on the internet first, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter and Facebook. We're Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Uh, if you're looking for us in that capacity, we recommend you check out Here's Where It Gets Crazy, uh, where you can talk directly with the best part of the show, your fellow listeners. You can also find us as individuals on some of these same social meds. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at HowNowNoelBrown. I am at Frederick underscore iHeart. Good luck finding it. Even better luck finding anything posted. Matt at. Matt literally shadow banned himself. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's an interesting way to go. Ha, ha, ha. You can find me at Ben Bolin on Instagram, exploring some new strange foods, along with updates on all the weird esoteric stuff I'm reading. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. If you find one of the other Ben Bolins, maybe listening to this show, uh, there are about five of us uh, that I've been in contact with online. They're all great. Check them out, too. <laughs> yeah, but there was that one, wasn't there? Uh, there's one, but he's a distant relative of mine and he knows what he did. Uh, the, the other one, there's a criminologist in the UK. There's a tattoo artist in Idaho, uh, both top notch dudes. Uh, so I, you know, I think it's awesome when you run into people, when you run into people who share a name with you partially or fully, you shouldn't feel threatened, get some swag about yourself and realize that you're very close to forming your own kind of Avengers or Justice League. Run with it. Right. Uh, Shout out to the other 400 Matt Fredericks out there that I find every time I try and look at myself, anything, anywhere, at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Are there really that many? Yeah. A buddy of mine named Kyle exclusively only has people on Facebook follow him by the name of Kyle. I was very impressed by this uh, feat. It was a feat. Wow. An utterly ridiculous feat of social media like counterintuitiveness and i didn't believe it at first but i went and looked at his friends list and almost all of them are named kyle and i think he has about a thousand wow and the other ones are like the parents exactly so if you hate social media and you're more of a like directly shouting into the void kind of person oh boy oh boy do we have a deal for you it's not a deal it's a phone number Oh yeah, it's a deal. It's a steal. You can shout directly into your telephone or head gear. You know, one of those Madonna mics that people wear um, at one eight three three S T D W I T K. That's right. Leave us a message. You might end up on one of our listener mail episodes. Let us know if you would like to be included. If you would like to have us use your name or not. Whatever your comfortability level is, that's fine with us. Just let us know. If you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can always reach us with a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.